Welcome back, Badass Girl Gang. We are here today to talk about stress because the past few weeks, Sierra and I have both been stressed and like, clearly it showed because there was no episodes up. But we won't talk about that. We're going to talk about stress. So let's jump right in. It is Stress Awareness Month, Sierra. Yeah, Tell in April is Stress Stress Awareness Month. You know, I was actually doing social media for a client. She's really like health-based, so I always look up stuff like that. And I came across April being Stress Awareness Month, and I thought that was – at first I was like, oh, that's kind of like kind of lame. But then I was like, you know, it's so important to um, recognize stress because if we continuously put it off, I feel like it just builds and becomes something way more than it A, needed to be and what it originally was. Totally. So how does stress generally show up for you? Um, I do not like, I'm a, I'm a planner. Um, I like to have things organized. I like to know what's going on when people don't have plans. Like I'll give you an example. My best friend is coming to town next week and I'm used to this. So it doesn't bother me as much anymore, but I'm like, okay, when are you coming? When are you leaving? Where are you staying? Like, I like to know what her plan is. And she has three kids. So I get she's can be a little bit, she needs to be flexible. She's like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, are you planning to stay here? Like I need to make sure it's cleaned up and and, like, I don't want to put too much pressure on her. Um, but it's always like last minute and I'm like, what is going on? And I, so I just feel like when there's no plans made for something that's happening, that really stresses me out. Or when there has been plans made and I think I know what the routine is and what the plan is. And all of a sudden that completely goes off track that is when my stress shows up. That's one of the main ways. Of course, there's other ways, but that's, that's mine. What about you? I, it's so funny that you say that because I'm complete opposite. It stresses me out to have a concrete plan. <laughs> like when people book a month in advance, there's a part of me that stresses out a bit in my massage. Cause I'm just like, but what if I don't want to be here? Like, what if I want to travel? And like, I never am and it's fine, but it's like, it's so funny. Cause like, the ebb and flow of life. I love, I like embrace change. I embrace it all. I love that. So when there's like a concrete plan, I'm like, what the hell? But what really stresses me out is, Hmm, no, it is. It is that that stresses me out. And then when work gets a little overwhelming, that always stresses me out. But I feel like that's pretty common for everyone is, um, these like little things that happen and it builds, builds, builds. And I'm, um, I, I like to say yes. And I don't like to say no to people. So I'll say yes to too many and then I'll have too much on my plate and my own health will fall to the wayside. So right now, because I am focusing on my health, I have, I really struggle to say no, or I can't do that, or that won't work here. Can, can I suggest a different time? Because I really like need to show up for myself first or else like shit's going to hit the fan and no one's going to get anything. Yeah. I won't be here to do it. So Funny that we are like absolutely, completely, 110% opposite. <laughs> yeah, but we'll have a good conversation. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so when your stress comes up, how, what's your like original, because I know you made a post yesterday. So what was like your old school way to deal with your stress? Well, my stress and anxiety usually comes out in the form of anger and it comes out in ways to people that are close to me, right? Like my husband, my friends, my family, and it's obviously not fair to them, but that's just my body's way of doing it. And honestly, people will be like, well, can't you just control that? No, I can't. Um, I really, I just, I get really angry over the smallest things and it's just, um, a side effect of the stress building up. And I think it's because sometimes I am like, 
naturally I'm an alpha person. I am a leader. I am somebody that takes on that responsibility and control. So I often feel very alone when I'm dealing with my stress, um, in our relationship. Like my, I'm definitely the number one, like I'm the person that leads and does everything. Um, not saying my husband's like some deadbeat that just sits there, but he's not the decision maker. He's not the one that can, you know, I deal with all the finances and money is a huge stressor for most people. Um, you know, whether there's too little and honestly sometimes when there's too much and things are just going crazy and a lot of the time too much money comes with excessive work um so yes my anger comes out and her my stress comes out in a form of anger so originally how i would deal with it is just continuously freak out at people and be upset and angry and and it honestly probably looks a little bit like depression uh things in my personal life start lacking like you know making sure the house is clean making sure laundry is up to date you know those like almost like those self-care, those things that need to be done on a daily basis because my environment really affects my mood as well and my stress levels. If things are crazy around me, I feel crazy and I feel clouded and those sorts of things. Um, When I recognized that that wasn't just my personality, but that was more so like actually an actual, you know, mental health disorder of of actually feeling anxiety, um, I sought out help from the doctor and I did go on medication. And it was crazy how much that helped. And it was like, oh, at first I just, I felt really happy, but it was funny because my anxiety really drove everything in my life. It drove my, like it was my drive to get everything done. I never wanted to disappoint. I knew I had to get everything done. So you really noticed that in my work. And when I started my medication, I still liked my work, but I didn't care about it as much. Um, I didn't really prioritize it. I was having fun with my family and just feeling free. But then there, I was like, I, I think I need to go off this medication because I need to get my shit done. Um, <laughs> but after a couple weeks, everything balanced out and there was a nice healthy balance there. And I felt my anger going down, things that would have really set me off before. Um, just didn't. I was able to laugh at them. I was just able to re- like go around them a little bit and um, all that kind of stuff. And then now I just really tell myself, like, it's not the end of the world. Prioritize what you can. And, uh, and the people around you, if they're good people, they will understand that and they'll support you through that. Um, and if they don't, they're probably not the best people to have in your life. And mostly I'm talking about like, in my experience, like my clients, like if they can understand that I'm a mom first, like for instance, like a huge stressor this last week was, we had to pull our daughter out of daycare in like an emergency way. It wasn't something planned. Um, so all of a sudden I'm at home with her, but the end of the month was really crazy busy for me and it, it all happened at once. Um, so it was just, I had to let my clients know and everybody was really cool with it. But if there was some that were like, oh, well, you should be able to figure this out, then they're probably not going to stay my client for much longer because I was always upfront and honest with them that my parenting comes first. And I feel like that's with anybody, whether you own a business or not, usually you always are a parent first and you have to do what's best for your kids. Um, So that kind of, that just all transpired this week. So that's kind of my movement through how I deal with stress. And it's still a work in progress. Sometimes I have really shitty days and I still get angry. So yeah. What do you think about for yourself? Uh, Mine is very similar in the sense where it kind of, it's in the, like a pressure in a bottle. It like builds, 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 and then it explodes. And usually it's like, you have to let it out some way. So one way, maybe you're like, I, I, for me this week, it was me like texting my friend exploding. Be like, and this and this and fucking this and this and this. And then, and then I, like an hour later, I texted her back and I was like, 
okay, yeah, I overreacted and it wasn't that bad. She's like, hey, we all have our moments. But it was that moment that made me realize, like, that anger I'm feeling, what's, like, a more positive way to, like, release it rather than... Because it shouldn't build to that explosion point, right? You should be able to deal with these little things as they come. But clearly I had gotten myself to a point where I was, like, over the edge and I needed to explode. And I'm in the same way, like... When I get busy and I get stressed, my house is a disaster and that stresses me out even more. Like dishes fall behind, laundry falls behind. And I just feel like I have to keep saying yes to other people. And I have the perfect excuse when it comes to massage. Like, sorry, I'm booked up that day, can't do it. But now I also have six massages this Sunday because I couldn't say no, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll take you in on Sunday. Yeah, I'll take you. But like, I could have got them in like I had time this week to do it, but everyone was like, can I get Sunday? Can I get Sunday? And I tried to take a day off and, but you know, it just didn't work, but I'm not really mad about that, but it was just, it's like a good example of me. Like I could have said any day this week would have worked better, but I didn't. I just said yes. And then all of a sudden I had six massages and now I'm somewhat regretting it. Cause it's going to be like, I'm going to be sore. And I always want Sundays to be my day to just like chill before a new week starts. So anyway, I've been really thinking about different ways that we can actually utilize our frustration and our anger in a more positive way rather than building to the extreme and then exploding. So my thoughts have been lifting weights because I like to throw weight around and that makes me feel good. And that's a good way to release that energy. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? It's just like a release of energy, like go have sex. That's a release of energy. Journal, release of energy. Um, but we don't do things, we do mind-numbing things. So we'll watch TV, we'll binge watch TV in our, like, cause we don't want to move off the couch. Um, cooking could be a stress relief or, or baking could be a stress relief, doing these things you love. They're all good ways to release energy, but we do the opposite. It's like, now we're on, like last night I got home, uh, closer to 10, I guess, from massaging. And instead of doing anything i sat on my phone for two hours and then went to bed i should have just went to bed i've been there yeah and so it's really interesting that we do these things that just like mind numb us rather than releasing the energy so we can move forward quicker it's almost like a bounce a bounce back or a bounce forward really quick it's like release the energy move forward but we hold on to it 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 we feel the pressure we explode and then we start building again because we don't have these like ways to re- release or cope. So outside of, of anger, have you found any other ways to release or cope with the stress of life and the pressure that you feel sometimes? Yeah, um, that's, that's a good question. I was just doing some quick research too, so we can add a few other things in here as well. But for me personally, I started using um, a meditation app at nighttime because that's when my anxiety and stress was the highest because you're alone with your thoughts. It's dark, you're supposed to be sleeping. And that's when I'm like, I look over at my husband and he's sawing logs and I'm like, sitting here, I'm like, how, how are you not thinking about everything that's happening in our life right now? Um, so I actually, when I was at the doctor talking about anxiety, they had suggested some apps and I actually work with quite a few clients who um, talk so much about mindfulness and those sorts of things. Um, and they all use these apps too and suggest them. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a try. I'm not one to sit down and meditate, although I know there's so much benefits to it. It's something I want to do. Um, but it's so much more than just sitting there. Like meditation is actually a really hard skill to learn. 
Um, so I kind of started with these guided apps and there's one that I listen to every single night. It's the same one. I just love it because I'm a visual person. I need something that I can refocus my thoughts on to thinking about something else. So it talks me through about different scenes that I'm seeing so I can just like think about them in my head. And I'm usually always sleeping before the 15 minutes is up. And that would never be the case before. Um, so that's something that I've told so many of my friends and family about is about, and it's actually the one I use is the breathe app. And then there's the calm app. So those are one of my two that I use. And there's so much more. There's like stress things on there too, like five minutes to de-stress. Like if you're at your desk at work and things are crazy, just pop your earphones in and listen to that and just listen through the, what they talk you through. And it really helps. So that's helped me in ways that I never thought it would. Um, what else? Just taking time, I guess, for me. I've always been a huge advocate for that. Um, I think sometimes when people grow up and they become in relationships and parents, it's easy to put a lot of people before you. But I think it's so I think it's so cliche, but so important to remind people of you can't pour from an empty cup. And um, you need to continuously fill your cup. So I take time for me. I sit down for two hours and do my makeup and just play and do things that make me happy. Um, I'll sit, I'll go out with friends for a supper one night. Um, I'll go shopping and buy myself something, you know, just things like that. I'm definitely somebody that likes to receive gifts. So a lot of the time when I, when I'm like trying to make myself feel better, sometimes it's in the way of purchasing things, um, which may be a good thing and may be a bad thing. (laughs) Um, my husband will probably say it's a bad thing. Um, and then what else do I do? And then just, I think, really talking about my feelings. And sometimes that can be a hard thing to do because you feel like people don't get it or understand. Um, but even if they don't, just getting that out, it helps gain clarity, I think, in your mind about maybe what the next steps are to get yourself out of that. And they might have some awesome tips too. And usually you'll start to realize who those people are that you can talk to your, talk to them about that stuff. They have some pretty good you know, techniques and and some advice to use to get out of that. So those are my kind of like go-to things to help manage the stress. I love that. That's such a good list. Like uh, the more you were talking about it, I was, I was thinking about like all the ways that I'm mind numbing and that's the best term I could think of right now, but just so I don't have to deal with it. Like I'm constantly mind numbing myself. And then I think about, society like we do it so often like I'm not a mom as you as we all know but I see a lot of moms out there like they're so stressed and they're missing out on life and I don't want to call moms up because it this literally is everyone but it's just a good example that I have in my mind like they're out for dinner and people are on their phones and like we're all on our phones but we're missing out on these like moments where we could have these like like but they're like stressful situations, right? So when we can get stressed because our kids are our kids, kids are asking so much of their moms all the time. It's like this is your moment of sanity. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's now that I'm thinking of this, I'm just like, holy shit, we all mind numb way too much. So we do have to make this movement towards like feeling what we're going through and like feel our way through it rather than just like numbing ourselves because we can numb ourselves with food we can numb ourselves with our cell phone with binge watching netflix mm-hmm. Holy shit. my mind is like blown right now After now that you're saying that like yeah working with some of my clients and how much they stress the mindfulness piece and getting kids and adults away from the technology because it really has become just it's become a distraction from us actually feeling the feels and um dealing with it because 
I actually just read this blog by my friend Tiffany. She wrote it and she's like, you know what? Good vibes only is such a bullshit statement. You And I never thought about it because I've definitely said that. I've had that as a wallpaper on my back of my phone. Like, you know, we all have said that. But when I read her article, it was amazing to see the angle she was coming from about feeling those feelings and working through them because your life is never going to be all good vibes only. Like you can strive for that and try the best to have positive things happen in your life, but it's just, that is not what life is. Um, and you have to be able to cope with that rather than sitting down and binge watching an entire season on Netflix. Yeah, you could do that every once and again, but at the end of the day, when that show ends, you're still in the same position. Girl, okay, you just brought up a huge, <clears throat> a huge, a huge ass thing that bugs me <laughs> the most. Are you ready for this rant? I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> high vibe. When people are like, oh, I'm high vibe. And I have used this, but now I fucking hate it because it's like, send love and light, send love and light, send love and light, high vibe. It's spiritual bypassing. It's not feeling what you need to feel. <clears throat> and so people have been kicked out of Facebook groups because they're not high vibe, which generally means they post something that disagrees with the person who runs the Facebook group. And then it's like, oh, you're not high vibe. And then <laughs> they get kicked out. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's not real life. Nobody is positive 100% of the time. No. Nobody. And that is like, the most authentic thing we can be is like, show up when you're angry, show up when you're sad, show up when you're mad. Because we have these kids growing up who think, oh, I have to be like good vibes only. I have to be high vibe. And I have to like raise my vibration so I can get all these good things. No, you have to actually like deal with the things that are in front of you. So you have good coping mechanisms to deal with them quicker, faster, or choose to like sit sit with your anger for a long time. And sometimes I do that when I recognize I'm angry, I just want to be angry for a while. I just want to cry for a while. And like mm-hmm. so many people are just like, oh, high vibe only. And if and I'm giving the peace sign right now. Like I'm a, <laughs> but like. She's doing it accurate. I like, it's, it's annoying. It's like, <laughs> I, I, I bought on that train for a while and I'm like, this isn't real life. Like yeah. people that there's very few people who have the privilege to be high vibe. And I think they're in a realm of their own. They do well, but they don't see how other people are struggling. Like if people have a lot are wealthy, that's a privilege to be wealthy and not stress about every fucking thing else in their life. And maybe they understood at one point and they built a business. That's cool. Like I, I commend you for that. That's unreal. But don't forget what it was like to be there in the beginning when you were really struggling with money. And people forget about that. They're like, I just sold my car and I did this and I did this. And then, then I'm, and, and then I built this business. And it's like, you don't obviously don't remember what it was like to be there, to see insufficient funds in your account, to see, which I think is the biggest scam ever, but that can be around for another day. Like to see, like to not knowing where you're going to get supper next to not where, how you're going to fill your fridge with food to not knowing how you're going to pay rent. Like, if you don't remember those moments and help empower people instead of just telling them to sell their car or sell a ring or, or sell their clothes, I was at the point where I had nothing to sell. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get how these people have all these things to sell. I'm like, I have nothing. <laughs> right? I'm dying. That's so funny because it's so true. You're like, they're like, well, why don't you try to sell something? And you're just like sitting in your house on a blanket. <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I know it's so funny. Yeah, me candle it because I can't pay the power. 
<laughs> yeah. Probably can't even afford a candle because they're so fucking expensive now. Like, are you kidding me? $35 for a candle? Sitting yeah. in the dark with Walter. Like, Walter ate better than I did for the year I struggled. Walter ate better than I did. Because you love your poochie. I do. He's the best. And he's like high needs dog because he needs like and booty food. You're like, you didn't choose this life, Walty. I'll, I got you. <laughs> yeah. I chose this life for you. <laughs> oh, goodness. That is such a good point. I know. Yeah, I'm glad it led into that because that is just, I think we just need to be realistic with with those pieces. And um, But you know what? It is really easy to get, and those people are all over social media. We see them every fucking day. Um, and it's easy to get sucked into that. And then we start questioning ourselves like, oh man, like something must be wrong with me. I don't have those feelings all the time. Then that, that just adds to the stress all over again and the questioning of, of everything. So um, I think that is a really, I have one person specifically in mind that I'm thinking of when I'm saying this. And it's just like, your life isn't that great. Come on. You're just trying to portray this life. So that it beca- and it's mostly these fucking coaches out there that do this. <laughs> I'm one of them. And I know, I know. I actually complain about it all the time because I think it's ruining an industry that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're ruining an industry before it can even like show what it's worth. However, I will argue this. A lot of these quote unquote coaches didn't actually do any sort of um, education. There is like, I took a year long program, but you can get, you can be a life coach in like for $25 online. <laughs> On Udemy. You know? And I'm like, you're not learning any fucking tools. Like you're not learning shit. Like I learned about body language. Yeah. They're just learning so, how to post how much they're making a month and making people want to follow along with that, but holding no actual guarantee or commitment to helping their clients actually do that, which is fucking bullshit. Yeah. Well, it, and it's like, I hate when people are like, oh, I really want to work with you, but can't afford it yet. And instead of the person being like, I'm here for you when you're ready, like, that's a great yeah. answer for that. They're like, okay, well, what can you do to make this work? Like, how, how if you want it bad enough, you can get it. And it's almost like really like guilting people into buying a product and being yeah. like, like, what can you sell? Like I sold my car. What can you do? I sold my ring. I sold my couch. I, I always go to car cause I feel like it's a big thing, but I don't even own my car outright. So it wouldn't even work for me, <laughs> but like, nope. right. It's like, don't guilt people into something that they can't do, especially if their mindset isn't there. And, and I think it never is. Yeah. Never. And some people you'll have like 1%, 2% who like that is a fire for them to really move forward. But most people that makes them crumble under that pressure. Like me, I thought I'd be able to do it, but no, it made me crumble under that pressure because then you're worried about everything else. And I didn't have a backup. I had mm-hmm. nothing. And yep. so I think that's really important to say is like these coaches who are telling you that like, you should sell things or if you wanted it bad enough, you'd get it. It's like, I understand what you're saying, but give them a tool rather than just like being like, well, how can you make this work? It's like, do you want their money that bad where you're not even going to like coach them for free once to like see where their mindset's at? Like it blows my mind. And I think that's honestly super irresponsible as well, because a lot of the time that's driving these people that honest, sometimes they're coming to you as their last giving straw, you know, and then pushing them further into that, you know, a lot of the time it's coming a lot from what I've seen, a lot of the time it's coming from people that are not financially secure and are on their last legs. So yeah, that is a lot for them to come and pay. And like coaches usually aren't cheap. Like when I was looking like they want five grand minimum for like six weeks. 
three or three months or whatever it is. And, um, that's a lot of money to somebody who's standing there on their last legs with nothing to sell. And then they're feeling even more guilty because somebody's sitting there telling them, don't you want this bad enough? Well, of course they do. But you have to think of your, your family, your life. Like you can't, I'm not going to, I'm not willing to put myself to be homeless in order to afford you, you know? And yeah. Like another thing to ruin my, my own industry, but there's good free content out there. Yep. I get the accountability to having a coach is really why you hire a coach and using those tools to like dive deep, but like we can do the work, you know, like I, it's just so frustrating to me when people are all about the dollar rather than helping. And I think that's, that's my biggest struggle is I struggle to put a dollar number on coaching Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I'll do it for $25. But my time, like then you, you kind of factor in like, okay, but is my time worth $25 or am I giving so much? And then it's not a balance, but what for three, four, how long have I been coached for? I don't know. However long I've been a coach for, I've always struggled with pricing. Always. It's my biggest downfall because I want to help everyone. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's hard and it's hard to find that balance. But I do think like if people ask me a question, I always answer. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be like, Oh, you should put, you should buy this coaching package and then we'll work together it's like here's what i think here's uh or basically (laughs) i ask them a question back right and then it kind of opens up the dialogue from what they're thinking but yeah this whole like (laughs) clearly this episode took a turn (laughs) (laughs) but it's true like it's all stressors that these people are preying on it's like, mm-hmm. oh, but you want to have the million-dollar home. You want those $10,000 a month. You want freedom for your family. You want the healthy body. You want all these things. And I get you have to pay because we have to pay our bills to serve. Like, it's, it's like the opposite viewpoint, right? It's like, yeah, like we have to pay you because they actually have to. But when people are, are just, like, making you feel guilty for not buying their service, it's not worth it. That coach is not worth it. Go find someone else who understands and maybe coaches you and being like, Hey, in a year you and I are going to work together. But until then, like, I'm going to help you as much as I can to get you to a space where you can afford it. You know, like there's these alternatives and it's just like, it's mind blowing that no one uses them because it's a dollar amount. It's like, but I'm a millionaire and I want to travel the world. And it's like, that's great. Or do you want to help people? Yeah. Oh, that's just so true. And yeah. And I think it's all relatable back to the, back to the stress stuff again, you know, and just, you know, yeah. So, um, I just found this website called skillsyouneed.com and they have a bunch of tips on, um, managing and reducing stress levels. So I think it'd be really good just to run through a couple of these and like talk about like, like our opinions on them. And like, if we've used them, because there's like some things I know you could probably add some value to, and especially at the beginning here. So the first one is talking about avoiding caffeine, alcohol, and nicotine, which I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, caffeine though, really? Um, basically it's saying that you need to reduce your consumption of these, um, because they're stimulants. So they'll increase that level of stress rather than reducing it. And obviously alcohol we know is a depressant. So going out and binge drinking with friends, that may feel good for a very short period of time, but it's probably going to push you further into that stress further into that depression hole rather than taking you out of it. So I don't know. Have you ever felt like you've, I haven't never been like a huge binge drinker and I definitely don't result to drinking when I'm dealing with my 
issues or my stressors, but I feel like a lot, I have definitely seen people that do close to me, close people to me that do do that. And it's like, it feels like it's almost like a life ruiner, you know? Um, the thing with drinking, like when I was like, when I first turned 19 and that's legal here for, if you're not from Saskatchewan and you're listening to this, that's legal age of drinking here. I definitely partied like a lot, but now <laughs> I do not come home and have beer or wine. And maybe it's cause I live alone and there's like this like stigma to drinking alone that I don't really like. Um, but also it makes me really tired. And if I have mm-hmm. one drink, it makes me tired. But if I go, if I go for supper with friends, I'll have a beer because like, then I'm talking, I'm in, but I'll, I won't, I'll have one. Like I won't have yeah. a whole bunch, you know, like depending on where my evening's going, but I've never been one to just like, Oh, I'm just going to drink. However, I will say with the coffee and tea, the owner of Synergy, the, the gym I go to, he's doing, um, basically he got rid of coffee and he only drinks green tea now. And he says he has never felt better. He's only bummed that he says, like, oh, I don't drink coffee anymore because, like, there's that stigma around, like, coffee and hustle, right? Like, coffee and grind. And he's just like, I'm actually sad I don't drink coffee, but he's like, I feel way better. So he's been doing that. And Wim Hof is, um, he's this amazing man who, like, does, like, Arctic swims and stuff. And he, he always talks about his breathing and focusing on his breathing. So Chad's been doing this like Wim Hof breathing technique along with this. And he says like, he feels so much better. And so a breathing is a form of meditation. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting. So anyone who's interested in breathing, like check out Wim Hof because he has some pretty cool, he has, I think he has two books and then he has like this very specific breathing technique where you just focus on your breathing. And um, that's, that's how he says he can do the Arctic swims is because he just focuses on breathing. Yeah. And like, honestly, breathing is like the basis of pretty much all meditation. And it seems really easy. It is so friggin' hard. I've listened to it. And it's like, because the thing is, is like, you're supposed to just be focusing on your breath. Thoughts will naturally come into your mind and you're just supposed to acknowledge them. Um, but it's so beneficial. It really helps you like block certain thoughts from your mind, really helps you like ground yourself and like re just reshape your mind into a more peaceful place to be able to continue on throughout the day. So, um, that's a really good tip. So definitely check out, um, what Lana was talking about and just any type of breathing. And like human our like average human is using like 20% of their lungs. Like we're actually not filling our lungs to mass capacity, which we should be. And so from like a science or like an anatomy standpoint, when you're breathing, you're oxygenating your blood and that's helping you out a lot because your blood is flowing through, right? And so you're getting that good, healthy oxygen into your blood. And that's a healing aspect in massage. I talk about that all the time because you want that oxygenated blood flowing through your body, not... And so the deeper you can breathe, it, the better it is for you. So even if you take five deep breaths and then you go back to what you were doing you're reducing your stress, you have oxygenated blood back in your system, and you're going to be able to focus better because you've removed yourself, you've taken some deep breaths, you focused on something else that wasn't what was stressing you, and then you can come back with a little bit of a clearer mind. So that's important. Yeah, that's that's a really good point to add to that. Um, Next, you've already touched on this, saying it's something you personally use to help manage your stress. So indulging in physical activity and stressful situations increase the level of stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol in our body. Um, But I think working out and, you know, getting that heart rate up really helps probably counteract those things. Or, Or maybe you could talk a little bit more about how, if you know that maybe the science behind physical activity and why that helps. Um, same thing, oxygenated blood. 
Yeah. And also, like, the fact that you're taking your mind off of all the stresses in life, and when you're deep in a, um, a workout, like, you're focusing on getting through the workout. Like, so if you're running, you're focusing on your breath, you're focusing on how far you're going, like, you're focusing on everything else but the stressors, and it helps kind of clear away. And when you get back to all that, the work that you have to do, you have a clear mind, you have more energy, and you come from more of a positive space because you've done something positive. And I think that's important to know. So like I lift weights. So like me throwing around a barbell is the best stressor. Like who wouldn't want to throw a hundred pounds over their head than like let it smash on the ground. Yeah. It's badass. It feels good. But then you have those endorphins in you. You have a little bit of that adrenaline coming through you and it's just a feel good. But I think it's mostly the endorphins that make you feel real good. Um, so when you come to tackle these more stressful things, you have a clearer mind and it's not that clouded judgment of just like, I was stressed yesterday. I woke up, I'm back to doing the same thing. I'm stressed again. And it's like, it's funny because everyone thinks like working out is for weight loss. It's for everything. But like I said, in the last podcast, mm-hmm. it's for your mental health. And that's why, because it helps clear. It gives you the endorphins to think clearly and, and focus on what's actually important. Not these little things in life that are like, stressing you out and I think it gives you that focus of like a solution based um thinking where it's like how can I how can I problem solve here what do I actually need to do rather than constantly thinking about like everything's going wrong for me none of this is working it's way more positive yep yeah yeah absolutely um, the next two pieces, like we've kind of touched on a couple of these, but it's just talking about, you know, getting more sleep and trying relaxation techniques. Obviously when we're not sleeping well, we, um, it causes, it's causing more stress to our body. And a lot of the time though, unfortunately stress is what's keeping us awake. So like I said, try out some of those, um, you know, those, those meditation apps before bedtime, like that's really helped me. Um, a couple other tips they have in here is making sure your room is not a, in a chaotic state. And that's always been really important for me making sure laundry is put away. There isn't a huge mess in there because it's really hard to sleep in, in, in a chaotic room. Um, obviously trying to avoid caffeine before going to bed. That's some, that's obviously a stimulant. It's going to keep you awake. Um, don't do so much demanding work right before bed. So probably working until 1am and trying to go to sleep right after your brain's going to be way too wired up. Just like when we get home from work or get home from an outing, it's extremely hard to go right to sleep. You need that wind down time. So during that wind down time, probably not the best idea to be sitting on your phone. I mean, you're getting that blue light coming at you that is really keeping your brain awake. So probably doing something more like taking a bath. I'm not a bath person. Those don't really relax me. A, because I'm chunky and can barely fit in them very well. (laughs) Amen, Amen, sister. Yeah. And then, or like reading a book or doing something that just like tires you rather than like amps you up, I think is something, some things that I would try. Is there anything else you would add to that list? Well, just coming back to like, there, there's so much research, research that shows that like 20 minutes before bed, you shouldn't be on your phone, you shouldn't be watching TV and letting your body slow down. And so I, I talk often about bedtime routines and it's like kind of these cues you give your body that you're getting ready for bed. So maybe 20 minutes out, maybe you're reading a book and then 50 minutes out or I don't know how long, you read a chapter of a book and then from there, 
you go brush your teeth and wash your face. And from there you moisturize. And from there you have a drink of water. And like, these are your like, but just do the same thing every night. And these are your cues that you're preparing yourself to go to sleep. And so that helps your sleep pattern so much more because you're already signaling 20 minutes before you even crawl into bed. Like, okay, it's time for me to get there. It's time for me to go to sleep. I'm doing these things and your body, your body knows the cues, your brain knows the cues. So when you actually call into bed, you're like, okay, it's time to go to sleep. So I think those things are so, so, so important that you are stepping away from the TV. You are stepping away from the phone. And maybe we should have a challenge this week. Like, can we actually do that? Cause I am notorious for falling asleep on the couch when I get home late at night. Cause I'm so tired, but I have two books I could read instead, you know, like, I guess um, there's a, yeah, to add to that, like your circadian mm-hmm. rhythm, a huge player in that. And another tip that they kind of advise on here, and I've heard often is try to go to bed at the same time every day, regardless of the weekend or the weekday and wake up at the same time. That will do just like you said, routine does your body so much good. And I remember like this starts all the way when we're babies, because when we first started trying to get our daughter like in routine, that's the first thing that came up. Get them in a routine. Start with the warm bath, you know, the bottle, like turn down the lights, you know, prepare for the bedtime. Um, so yeah, that was an awesome point. And I, if you don't have a bedtime routine, and unfortunately my bedtime routine does involve my phone and I know that I need to knock that off. Um, so that might be something I challenge myself in the next week is to, and I've even seen people where they don't even sleep with their phone in their room. And Jenna Kutcher adver- um, like talks about that all the time, how her and her husband plug the phones in, in the kitchen and they have an old school alarm clock to wake up and that's what they use. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder what that would be like, <laughs> you know? Cause I, I do hear my phone go off sometimes in the night and then it's like, Oh, I know the difference between a work email and not. And it's like, what is that? And then I'm thinking, I'm like, I should just look at it. And it, then it starts all over. They're like little stressor cues. Right. And like, <clears throat> I do have my phone in my room, but my phone is like always on silent just because of massage and I forget to turn it on. So never call me. Cause I'm going to miss your call. Just know that. Uh-huh. Um, but my phone is like always on silent. <clears throat> Pardon me. And, uh, that's a game changer. Even like I put my phone face down <laughs> and throw it. <laughs> and I almost dropped it in my coffee. <laughs> so that's, I just broke my phone. Um, I always put my phone face down because clearly I have to show our podcasters and listeners what I do with my phone instead of just fucking doing it, telling you. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm a hand taco, okay? So I put my phone face down so it doesn't light up. And that used to wake me up at night is the, like, the, the light up when you get a message. And then, yeah, so it does work because then I still use my alarm. But I think a lot of people like don't turn off their phone like a Jenna Kutcher. So she would hear all these things. And it's like, well, you still could use it. Just turn off your phone. Turn off, yep. like, because your alarm clock's still going to go off at loud if you have your um, sound off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true, for sure. Um, these two points kind of go hand in hand, managing your time and learning to say no. And we've already talked about that. Um, saying no and no is not a bad word. Um, it's something that should be in our vocabulary. It should be something that we use, um, to create boundaries. And this year I'm really trying to focus on those boundaries, um, to create a more like healthy life and a well-rounded life and not so heavily weighted in one area and not in the other. Um, and obviously managing your time. So accept it says accept that you can't do everything at once and start to prioritize and, and add into your calendar what you can. Um, 
and yeah, just break down tasks. There's so many ways, like Google is great, like how to manage tasks. Everybody does it differently um, and what they, how they like to lay it out. So I think kind of if that's something you stress, you stress over, um, I would hone in on that to find some ways that really work for you. And no is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain. You can just say no. Um, But we're all, I think the human, as humans, we are just over explainers, specifically females. It's like, no, I can't because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's fine that you can. It's just, it's fine to say no. It's fine that you don't have time because it's just okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. But I think that's, I think we made such good points on this episode. I love where it went. It did not go where I was expecting, but I love where it went this episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think those are some really good things to kind of get you started with stress management and just really look at yourself and see what are your stressors because sometimes you don't even know that it is stressing you, um, but it's really rooting so many other things. So yeah, mm-hmm. kind of just really take time to reflect on on you and how your and your thoughts, you know. And on that note, badass girl gang, we out. Boom.